You're listening to the Michael J. Crosa Portfolio, where I show you what's possible with podcasting. In each episode, I'll share an example of a different style of podcast and point out the unique elements of each one. In this episode, I'll be showing you an organization feature. This clip originally aired as a recurring segment called Community Beat within my podcast, Jollyville Radio. Here, my goal is to highlight the work of the interview subject in a light and positive way. This format could be adapted in several ways. So, for example, a professional association could feature their members, or a tourism board could showcase local businesses. So to get in touch about creating a custom podcast for your business, come on over to michaeljcrosa.com. Enjoy! This is Michael. Um, I'm here with Gabrielle Chevalier. Um, we are talking about green spaces, Chattanooga. Did I say that right? Or is it green you spaces? Did, yeah. yeah, okay. Green spaces. Cool. And I am signed up to um, to volunteer with y'all next weekend. And I'm excited, but I think it's next weekend. It's November 19th and 20th. And I can't remember which day you're volunteering, actually, either that Friday or Saturday. But yeah, we're excited. Cool, cool. So <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, maybe you can kind of give us a crash intro onto what um, your organization is and does in the area. Sure. So Green Spaces is Chattanooga and the surrounding region sustainability nonprofit. Um, so we do a wide range of things that are actually pretty far outside of the realm of what people think about when they think about sustainability, right? You think birds and plants and trees and stuff. Um, but really, we focus on the sustainability of communities and how cities you know, organize around these people, whether that's transportation issues, whether it's, you know, lack of affordable energy utilities, um, working with landlords and, you know, home repair people to, to educate them on, you know, energy burden needs, right? If you're on a fixed income, that's huge. Um, and different ways and, you know, to, to build all the pieces of what makes a truly sustainable and, and healthy neighborhood and community. So our wide range of programs kind of all fall under that umbrella, but you would look at them and think they were very different, right? We help businesses, we help nonprofits become more energy efficient so that they can spend their money on the programs and important pieces of what their work is, um, and a wide range of other things. And we also work directly in the communities with cities on a policy level um, and have plenty of partnerships that make all that happen. So lots of, cool. lots of hands and lots of pots. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And I, I like hearing you talk about kind of figuring out how things connect to the community, because it's one thing to say, like, you know, okay, keep turn your lights off when you leave home, right? But then we're also that, that also kind of impacts folks that are struggling to keep the lights on in the first place. And, you know, there's a lot of a lot of kind of overlap and all that. Absolutely. We're big into, you know, it's not just about individual accountability, right? If you're building a home and you're going to rent it out to someone and you don't update the utilities, you are sticking someone with a huge burden that's cost prohibitive. And that's actually a huge problem in the state of Tennessee. It's more regulated in other places. Um, but, you know, it's something that, that makes a massive difference in people's lives. We've worked with people in trailer park situations that have 300 plus dollar utility bills. 
And if you're on fixed income, it's it's truly impossible to escape the poverty level um, because you you can't save, you can't get ahead. Um, so we mm. also have a workforce development team that partners in tangent with some of our here's how we can you know help you fix your own home. Um, so if repairs are cost prohibitive that are bigger, we have a workforce development team that partners with a lot of sustainable builders in the area and AmeriCorps actually also. Man, that's a, yeah, you really do have uh, have a whole lot going. Yeah, we you know we we like to partner with other organizations if we notice that there is a space that that needs to be filled. But if someone else in the area isn't already doing it, um, that kind of tends to be how all of all of these programs get created is is based out of need um, to partner with an existing program, basically. For sure, yeah. Now, is Green Spaces is that a national organization? Is it grassroots? What you know? So we actually started. We um, were like a one-off grant about 15 years ago, um, and you know have pivoted so many times since then and grown to be what we are. But really, you know, our goal is to prioritize the efficacy of our community impact programs, right? So. Um, eight years ago, almost nine now, maybe our Empower program started, and that's that energy burden program, you know, um, and then a few years after that was when the sustainable workforce program started, because we saw that need, we heard the community talk about it, and it, and it was a need that wasn't being met, um, and so, yeah, there's, there's a lot going on, and <laughs> um, I'm happy to talk more about any specific program, though, if you have any questions cool well yeah i mean speaking of specific programs we got the the green pre coming up yeah um yeah that's what we were talking about earlier so tell me uh, you know like i said i'm new to chattanooga and i'm curious to see what's what's going on yeah so the green free actually we're really excited it's technically year four but we had to postpone last year because of covid we were sure. actually people were unloading the race barriers the day of the race when we found out that hamilton oh. county schools had totally nixed everything. So we had a lot of really disappointed kids and teams. Um, and so we normally only have, you know, one race, but we're doing one this fall and one in the spring to make sure that everyone gets a chance to, to participate. Um, and we partner with, in totality, I think it's 45 schools in the area, sometimes more, sometimes a little bit less. It depends on teacher availability and things like that um, and funding to, for the for the parts for the cars, quite frankly. Um, but it's our STEM program that helps students problem solve and learn how to build an electric vehicle and then brace them. So it's a lot of day of in the moment teamwork. It's also a lot of building. It's a lot of technical skill. And so it really introduces kids from elementary to high school to opportunities. Um, but the biggest opportunity is really, you know, the electrification of vehicles in general in the state of Tennessee is huge um, in terms of the plants that are coming in, right? So there's going to be a huge workforce need and a lot of opportunities and a wide range of jobs, um, which is A, important because we want our students in our area to, to be getting these, these really lucrative jobs and these future forward jobs. But we also want to keep the money that everyone in the state of Tennessee who has to drive spends on gas in the state of Tennessee. Um, right now, billions of dollars, you know, are leaving the state of Tennessee and going to Texas, to Alaska, to other places. And if we're building these plants and building these cars and it's, it's our students learning to do it, you're talking about millions and billions of dollars. So it's exciting. Right. Yeah, I actually just found the article I was trying to find to quote the number it's 94 billion on gas and diesel in the southeast and two-thirds of that goes to states outside of this region 
So if you talk about keeping $94 billion in the state of Tennessee, that's, you know, massive. That See, there you go. Again, hitting the, the kind of community angle of sustainability in a way that I wouldn't have thought of if you hadn't just <laughs> spelled it out to me. It's such a big leap, you know, you don't think about that when you're in elementary school, but I also have spoken to so many adults who are like, wow, if that program had existed when I was in school, I probably would have a totally different career because I wanted to build, but I had no outlet to do that, you know, or to fail at technology in a way that was okay and learn and experiment. So yeah, it's pretty exciting. And it's just fun to watch them race. You know, the high schoolers cars obviously go way faster than the elementary schoolers, but um but yeah some of those get up to like 30 to 50 miles an hour some teachers have clocked it at so that's awesome now uh, these cars are we are we talking kind of like pinewood derby or are these like do they have a passenger so they're they're little one-seater cars um we have two models we've got one for the younger students that comes with like a boxed kit and then we have some students that design their own um and you have like a sleeker model for the older students which helps with the speed obviously sure um (laughs) so there's kind of a multitude of options some schools go really all in and make modifications to their cars you know sometimes it depends on the time sometimes it depends on the size of the team kind of varies year after year so we'll do the qualifying races beforehand to make sure everyone's placed in the right categories cool that'll be awesome um before we wrap up do you have any like cool memorable stories or like what what is your favorite thing about green spaces chattanooga yeah so i mean honestly there's so many things i love my role now as the communications and volunteer coordinator looks very different from um pre-pandemic world and what people might think for sure Um, yeah But really, you know, what I love most is that eight years ago, I was a journalist who wrote about our Empower program. And now here I am, you know, getting to talk about it and its impact in a whole different way. And so, you know, really making sure that we prioritize the community side and, you know, asking questions and making sure that that we show up to be effective, right? Rather than just talking about birds and plants and trees, which we all love also. Of course. If folks want to get involved or learn more or anything like that, where can we find you? Yeah, so greenspaceschattanooga.org and Chattanooga for people outside the area is C-H-A-T-T-A-N-O-O-G-A, Chattanooga. Um, And it's, yeah, greenspaceschattanooga.org or you can email me directly at Gabrielle, G-A-B-R-I-E-L-L-E at greenspaceschattanooga.org. Awesome, cool. And I'll make sure to put that link in the show notes. Cool. Well, Gabrielle, thank you so much for joining us on Jolly Bill Radio. We wish you the best of the best. Of course. And welcome to Chattanooga. Ah, thanks. Thanks for listening to Community Beat on Jollyville Radio. My name is Michael Crosa, encouraging you to get out there and make a difference. I hope that you enjoyed listening to this episode, and if it gave you any ideas about how you might be able to benefit from such a podcast, I hope you'll get in touch. Come on over to michaeljcrosa.com. Proud member of the Podnuga Network.